Five. K-A-19. Three. Where we kick ass. Two. One. How's it going, Sequoia? You are listening to KA19, Sequoia's one and only podcast. I'm your host, Jackie B, and today we will be discussing a topic that seems to have become a nationwide team epidemic, vaping. We have a studio full of guests today, so before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to introduce them. We have Mr. Gabe Turan from the Ventura County Office of Education's Comprehensive Health and Prevention Programs Department, uh, Deputy Joe Ramirez from the Ventura County... Sheriff's Office and a CVUSD School Resource Officer, Mr. Evan Proffer from Straight Up, and Mrs. Rebecca Stelmar from the District's Breakthrough Program. Also with us today in the Monster Cave studio is Dr. Linda Calvin and Mrs. Sue LeCormick with the District's Tobacco Use Prevention Education Department, and our wonderful principal, Mrs. Chambers. Welcome, everyone, and thank you all for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join us today. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. All right, well, based on your professions, I'm sure that you are all aware of the attention surrounding teen vaping and the many health risks and dangers attributed to vaping. But the question is, do our Sequoia listeners know? Mr. Turan, it seems that teens commonly use the excuse of, there's no nicotine in my e-cigarette, so it's safe to vape. Can you address this and let our listeners know of health risks concerning nicotine-free e-cigarettes? Hi, Jack. Thanks. First of all, you know, thank you for having me on the show. Um, This is really amazing, the work that you're all doing here, and I really appreciate the opportunity to come here and share the information. So one thing we need to remember is that nicotine is the actual active ingredient in tobacco products that is addictive, which that's what makes it hard for people to quit and why they keep coming back and using it again and again. So with that being said, there's a two-layer answer to your question there. The first is that in the United States, e-products, which includes e-cigarettes, e-hookahs, vapes, mods, all of those things. When I say e-products, I'm referring to all of those things. So when e-products in the United States have only recently come under the regulation by the Food and Drug Administration, what that means is that before that time, a company could create any kind of vape juice they wanted and pretty much put whatever they wanted into it, and that would include nicotine. The second layer is, though, that even though there's now regulation, we now need to be very aware of what that means. And for anyone who attended the event uh, Teens Kick Ash uh, back in February, we had Dr. Victor DeNoble, and he made a really great example that I, I just remember to this day. And what that is, is that when something's regulated, if something's called free of something, the example he used being fat-free cheese, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's no fat in the fat-free cheese. What it means is that there's this acceptable level of fat that if you're not going beyond that level, you can legally call your product free of that. So fat-free cheese has fat. It just has enough fat that we're able to call it fat-free. Right. With that being said, so with nicotine-free, with this now starting to be regulated, technically a manufacturer could have nicotine in their item and call it nicotine-free as long as it's not beyond a certain amount. And remember, nicotine is actually what gets people hooked. So just the presence of it means there's still the risk of addiction. Well, wow, I'm sure our listeners are glad to know those important details. Uh, one of the things I learned at the Kickash conference that you mentioned was that the ma- manufacturers target teens with different flavored juices, trying to get them addicted to vaping. Mr. Turan, could you address this as well? Yes, absolutely. And this, there's so much that goes into this answer. I'm going to really try and keep it short and keep it simple for everyone. But vaping in the tobacco industry, we'll probably never publicly say this, 
they won't say they want to attract teens to their products, but when you look at it, their words don't exactly match their actions. And this is a really old business strategy that is unfortunately a really effective one. So let's look at tra traditional tobacco products like cigarettes as an example. So they smell, they taste bad, they're associated with health risks. And the smoking rates right now for traditional cigarettes, they're at a really low rate. And they've been like that for years for both youth and adults. The tobacco industry still makes tons of money, but this downward trend is not good for their long-term business. If people are not smoking cigarettes, they're going to make less money as time goes on, and they want to figure out how to stay in business. So they need to be thinking years, if not decades ahead. So if their main product has an image problem and is declining in sales, they need to come out with something that's new and different. New and different in this case would be something that is like the complete opposite of what their current product is. It looks cooler, it's newer, it has appealing colors and flavors, it smells better and it tastes better. And also there's this perception or an idea that it's safer. So e-products is now what they offer. When you look at how advertising works, bright colors, sweet flavors, and, and cool sounding names, that's exactly the way that you advertise to a younger audience. I can't imagine my 55-year-old dad one day deciding to pick up a vape pen and start using a juice flavored like birthday cake. That's just, he's not the target audience for that. And like I said, their actions are not matching their words. The last thing I'll say about this is that unfortunately, from a business, purely money-making point of view, it makes perfect sense for them to get people to start using their product as young as possible. The research shows that 90% of the adults who smoke today started before the age of 18. And I'll say that again. 90% of the adults who smoke today started before the age of 18. Wow. So on the flip side, the research also shows that if someone goes all the way up until age 21 without trying a tobacco product, it's, far unli it's highly unlikely they will ever start. And so the tobacco industry's point of view is advertising or attracting adults is a money-losing strategy. They need to advertise to younger people, whether they say that or not. Wow, that's crazy how they manipulate teen buyers like that with the bright colors, sweet flavors, and such. It reminds me of how they put all the candy in the checkout aisle in the grocery store, trying to get you to buy all that sugary deliciousness. Uh, Mrs. Stelmar, you're a counselor with the district's breakthrough program. Could you tell our listeners about this valuable program and address what Mr. Turan said regarding a shift in teen tobacco use, meaning less smoking of actual cigarettes versus vaping? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so the Breakthrough Student Assistance Program helps CBUSD students and their families navigate their way through the school system safely and successfully. Um, we offer confidential services in addition to the help already being provided by schools um, to promote students' academic and personal achievement. Essentially, we're just an extra layer of support for students and their families. Students and or parents can self-refer to the program or referrals can be made by concerned administrators, school counselors, or concerned teachers due to individual or family stress, um, student challenges, family challenges, attendance concerns, substance use concerns, um, safety concerns, or suspensions. Um, so as Gabe mentioned, smoking rates have been going down for years. However, the Kanea Valley Unified School District, similar to other many surrounding school districts, um, has seen a recent spike in incidents with students involving vaping. Uh, many young people have the impression that vapes or e-cigarettes are safer than traditional cigarettes. The vaping devices most commonly used by teens are small and discreet and do not produce much smoke or odor, making them easier to, to conceal than traditional cigarettes. Although these devices are small, they may contain levels of nicotine that were once thought to be lethal. Uh, many students perceive vaping to be low risk, especially compared to traditional cigarettes. 
However, the more we're learning about vaping, the more we realize it's not the safe alternative that um, to cigarettes that e-cigarette companies market them to be. Well, that program sounds super resourceful, and I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate it. I'm also glad we're spreading awareness about this vaping issue and how there are still risks. Uh, Mr. Proffer, I've heard of Straight Up, but I'm not familiar with what it is. C could you please tell us a little bit about the program? Certainly. Straight Up is a nonprofit organization with the mission of engaging youth and young adults in advocacy around topics such as impaired driving, underage drinking, illicit and prescription drug abuse, tobacco, bullying, as well as a myriad of other topics currently affecting kids today. And I realize that may sound a little bit like word soup, but essentially we work with people between the ages of 12 and 25 to make positive changes in their community using media and theater skills. And sometimes that means helping them with a video PSA, running a leadership workshop, uh, helping out with a social media campaign, or occasionally being featured on a really cool student podcast. All right, really, really glad to have you on the podcast, Mr. Proffer. Uh, glad to get our listeners exposed to that program. Another question for you, Mr. Proffer. Uh, there seems to be also a lot of attention with hookah bars. I'm not even sure what I, if I know what a hookah is, but from advertisements I've seen, it looks pretty strange. What is a hookah, and are there health risks and concerns Concerns with smoking and is it addictive? That is a great question that is multi-pronged. Let's take that one apart. So number one, what is a hookah? I personally like the CDC definition, which is a water pipe that is used to smoke specially made tobacco, which is usually flavored. Uh, it sort of looks like a vase with a couple of hose sticking out of it. Number two, are there health risks? Short answer, yes. Long answer, yes. Imagine the list of things that smoking a cigarette can cause and then let's add a few more. Not only does smoking a hookah put you at risk for all of those super fun cancers of the throat, mouth, esophagus, etc. But it also opens you up to communicable diseases as you're usually sharing a hookah with other people. And if we take it a step further, according to a study published back in 2010 by the American Journal of Health Behavior, in the average hookah session, you'll inhale 90,000 milliliters of smoke compared to 500 to 600 milliliters from a cigarette. And if we really wanted to go down the rabbit hole, we could also talk about how it can affect birth weight, pregnancy, and fertility, but yes, it's dangerous. Number three, is it addictive? Yes. Nicotine is naturally occurring in tobacco and hookah delivers concentrated tobacco smoke, hence concentrated amounts of nicotine. Well, that is, that is very interesting, and I know I am never going to be smoking a hookah after hearing that. Uh, Deputy Ramirez, earlier we mentioned that students claim that there isn't any nicotine in e-cigarettes, even though Mr. Turan pointed out that there is nicotine present. From your perspective as an officer of the law, are teens legally able to purchase e-cigarettes and vaping devices? Jack, the, thank you for having me on Sequoia's KA19 podcast. To answer your question, anyone under the age of 21 is not allowed to purchase e-cigarettes or any tobacco products. So are there consequences if students are in possession and how are teens able to get a hold of vaping products to begin with? If the juice claims to be nicotine free, can anyone under the 21 purchase juice? Depending on the city ordinance, students may be cited for possession of vaping products. Vaping tobacco stores may not sell any items in their store to students under the age of 21. Stores may also receive citations for selling to anyone underage. In terms of consequences, there are consequences from a school standpoint as well. The school follows education code, which can result in students receiving serious consequences, such as a suspension. It is also concerning that uh, some vaping devices are really small and easy to conceal from teachers and parents. Uh, what kind of advice or tips would you give to adults who want to make sure these devices aren't being used at home or school? Great question, Jack. 
I would tell adults to educate their kids about the dangers of tobacco products. I would also encourage parents to be educated themselves by attending workshops, looking online, or visiting a local tobacco store to find out more about what these devices look like. We recommend that parents be aware of what students have in their rooms and personal belongings. This includes cell phones as teenagers frequently will take pictures of these types of behaviors and post them on social media. From an educator standpoint, I would recommend that staff stay up to date on recent trends. Like I mentioned earlier, there are consequences from the school standpoint as well when students violate education code related to two tobacco products. Finally, I communicate frequently with your principal as chambers and the staff at Sequoia Middle School. We collaborate on different issues that are, that are facing our middle school age students because our goal is to keep students safe and in school. Uh, before we open the floor for any additional comments, I'm sure I'm not the only student unaware of the district's TUPE program. Uh, Mrs. McCormick and Dr. Calvin, can you please tell our listeners a little bit about that program? Thank you very much. Yes, we'd, be a we'd really like to do that. Our program is called Tobacco Use Prevention Education, and that was a grant that we wrote, and the state provided us with funding so that we could have events like we are having now. And one of the most important things is that it is dedicated to prevention, intervention, and also cessation of the use of tobacco. However, we expanded and into actual drug use as, it, as we go along. So what it means is that we really are trying to under, help students understand the harm and the danger of using tobacco or drugs for that matter in any form that it may appear, such as vaping, and then building strategies or ways to help all the students to avoid or quit the use if that's the case in some instances. At the middle school level, we have three different levels or three different programs, and one of them is at the sixth grade level for sixth grade students taught by the sixth grade teachers, and is called MSPP program, has six lessons dedicated to the tobacco use prevention. At the seventh grade level and at the eighth grade level, all the lessons are taught by PE teachers, 11 at the seventh grade level and three at the eighth grade level. In the end, what we're really dedicated to doing is these classes are providing discussion and activities for helping students understand the dangers of tobacco, vaping, drug use, and, that the, and when they go on to high school then they continue to receive more in-depth uh, inter intervention knowledge about the tobacco use. Uh, actually, I have participated in those physical education lessons, and I have felt that they did help me uh, realize the dangers and uh, help me stay away from that tobacco program. Uh, so let's go ahead and open the floor. Is there uh, anything else you would like to comment on uh, sh or share regarding vaping, anyone? One thing that I believe is important for young people and adults to know is what our local data is telling us. And according to the California Healthy Kids Survey, which is given every other year to 7th, 9th, and 11th grade students, Usage of traditional tobacco products has been historically low, as I had mentioned earlier. And this is the outcome of several decades worth of some great efforts around education awareness, a lot of like what Dr. Calvin and Ms. McCormick have done and, and what your district has done. And even uh, having an episode like this is getting information out for young people and for adults to be aware of. However, the rates for e-products have been much higher, but there is good news. So in the 2015 to 2016 survey, past 30-day usage dropped for all grade levels. Hopefully, that's a sign that young people are gathering facts and making really informed decisions around e-products. 
and we're hoping that with this year being another survey year that we'll see even more of a decrease this time. That's great, Mr. Tron. And a lot of information teens and adults need to know when it comes to teen vaping. All right, uh, Mrs. Chambers, before we have our closing comments, is there anything you would like to add? Jackie B., first of all, thanks to you, Mrs. Stevenson, and our KA19 students for their work in hosting this podcast on such an important topic. I hope that our students learned a little more about the risks involved with vaping. Students, we want you to be educated so you can make smart choices and stay healthy and safe. I'd also like to thank all of our guests for sharing your knowledge with the students here at Sequoia. It takes a village, and I do appreciate your time. All right. Well, I'd like to thank everyone here just one more time for joining us on Sequoia's podcast, KA19. Remember us to follow us on SoundCloud, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and newly added Apple's podcast. We are now on iTunes, KA19 underscore SMS. Uh, if you have any questions, comment, or would like to leave suggestions for upcoming episodes, either fill out the KA19 form in the front office or the Google form on Sequoia's homepage. Without further ado, from everyone here at the Monster Cave, this is KA19, signing off. See you next week.